Hey, this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Rev.com. We do all of our transcriptions here on the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast using Rev.com, and I'm going to give you a special offer in just a bit. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance, and my guest today is Sandy Rogers. He's the leader of the Franklin Covey Loyalty Practice and also a co-author of Leading Loyalty, Cracking the Code to Customer Devotion. So, Sandy, welcome. John, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. So, customer loyalty is one of those things that seems to have maybe gone out of the buyer behavior <laughs> vernacular. I know my grandfather would about every three years go buy a Chevy Caprice because he was a Chevy person. But now I look at my kids and not not so loyal to the companies and the brands that they, they buy from. Is that is that part of buying behavior gone? You know, it's interesting. Some people argue that loyalty is dead. I mean, it's been easier to switch, right? Gas stations, restaurants, you can buy the same clothes from all these different places. But we find loyalty is alive and thriving in so many organizations. And it comes down to the behavior of the people and how they treat us. Yeah, and I think that's a great point because it, it was actually harder to leave. You, you had to go to that one place a lot of times because you didn't have all the opportunities or the ways to find. So I don't, I don't think that people are less loyal. They just put up with less, right? Well, that's right. And, you know, the, the, the competition for our business is certainly greater. Technology has played a bigger role. Um, but I think good old-fashioned how we're treated can really differentiate organizations today. But yeah. it's all about putting their people into a position uh, to do the things that we describe in the book, Leaving Loyalty. These loyalty programs have been around for a long time. In fact, you you spent some time with a rental car company. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they... they Airlines, rental car companies have these loyalty programs. Do those still work to to foster loyalty, or are they just kind of a holdover from the past? Well, they they, they certainly can help, um, but they're easily copied by competitors. And everybody's got these loyalty programs, reward points, discounts, and so on. Um, and what we're talking about is not the loyalty you get with inertia or momentum. We're talking about the fierce loyalty. On that is fueled in the heart, the kind of loyalty that gets people to go out and tell their friends about an experience or about a brand. It's you know they describe these companies and these people as I, I love these guys, and, and that doesn't come from a, a rewards program. <laughs> That's from a personal interaction. Yeah, my favorite my favorite promotion is the promotion for new customers. Right? Are they I'm loyal and I've been with you for ten years, and the new person gets a discount. I don't get anything. I almost think those are sort of disloyalty programs. So since you kind of opened up this this idea of, you know, the heart being, uh, you know, at the center of loyalty in some ways, what role then does company culture really play in customer loyalty? Well, I went to business school years ago and we learned a lot about strategy, right? A brilliant strategy to beat your competitors and be different in the marketplace. And I love years later reading Peter Drucker's comment that culture e strategy for breakfast. And, you know, having been at Apple and at Procter & Gamble and at Enterprise Rent-A-Car and now Frank and Covey, I just can't agree more. And also seeing the impact of culture across so many different organizations, companies that do the same stuff, but they deliver such different results because of their cultures. Take Southwest Airlines or Chick-fil-A or Enterprise or American Express or Zappos. I mean, there are tons of examples 
of businesses that one on the surface could say, oh, that's a commodity business. And yet the outcome for customers is very different as a result of culture. Um, I wrote a book called Referral Engine. It was one of my books, as a lot of my listeners know. And I wrote a line in there about you know ref- referability. Um, and yeah, I think I said something like, you know, your customers are, I mean, your your employees are probably treating your customers exactly like they're being treated. And, and I think that kind of goes to, I mean, it makes total sense. It? I mean, the frontline people, you know, are going to go out of their way. Well, some of them are just going to go out of the way because they're, they're nice people. But most of them are going to go out of their way because they really believe in the mission. Well, exactly. My friend Shep Hyken has written a number of books about customer service. And he says that the customer experience rarely exceeds the employee experience. And, and you know, Jack Taylor, the founder of Enterprise Rent-A-Car, understood that so well. We, we were out visiting branches one day. I ran the branches in our, our London, England operation. He was asking people, well, um, are, you know, tell me, are you having fun? And I said, Jack, ask these people about their sales numbers. Ask them about their customer service scores. And he kept introducing himself and saying, oh, my gosh, you know, are you having fun here? And I said, why are you asking if they're having fun? He said, because sport, if they're not having fun, nothing else really matters. We've got to first earn the loyalty of our employees, which then leads to the loyalty of our customers and then sales growth and then profit. And it has to happen in that order. So the title of the book is Leading Loyalty. So how does, you know, how to, I mean, clearly the leader sets the tone for that. So how does a leader create loyalty? A leader creates loyalty by first adopting what we call a loyalty leader mindset. You know, our mindset, the way we think about the world, affects our behavior. And our behavior has to adhere to these three core loyalty principles that we talk about in leading loyalty. These are empathy, responsibility, and generosity. And principles are these things that you can't ignore. I mean, if you ignore or violate these things, you're not going to earn the loyalty of you know, the important people in your life. So the the principles are a great starting point. Um, Unfortunately, that's where a lot of books end. One of the things I like about this book is you also have a pretty detailed process. You want to kind of give us the high level view of, you know, what the process for earning loyalty of your customers is? Well, it is. So um, we teach in the book the three core loyalty principles, empathy, responsibility, and generosity. But we teach how to bring those to life through two practices. So for example, the way that I have empathy for someone is I need to understand their story so that I'm feeling what they're feeling. I accomplish this by first making a genuine human connection and then listen, listening to learn their story. So those are the two practices that go with empathy, with responsibility. I've got to discover the real job to be done and then follow up to strengthen the relationship. And with generosity, I've got to share insights openly in a generous way and surprise people in unexpected ways. And so you got to do all of these things. The process we describe in the book is a series of 11 huddles. You and, and your team carve out 15 minutes a week to talk about these principles and practices. And most importantly, celebrate the people who are doing what you talked about last week in your 15-minute huddle. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Rev.com. There are so many ridiculously valuable reasons to order transcriptions. You can write entire blog posts. Heck, you could write an entire book by just speaking it and having Rev put together a transcript that you can then just bring on home. I mean, if you want to record a meeting so that you have notes, again, over and over, there are so many good reasons. If you just want to 
take notes when you're listening to something and you just want to record those notes and get it. It's it's amazing um, what the reasons you can find for doing this. And Rev gets those transcripts. As I said, they, they do our podcast. They get those transcripts back to you lightning fast. And I'm going to give you a free trial offer. Uh, if you go to rev.com slash blog slash DTM, and that'll be in the show notes too, but uh, you're going to get a $100 coupon to try them out, and I suggest you do it. So one of the things I see all the time is that you know a lot of times customers don't remain loyal because nobody asks them to. <laughs> um, I can't tell you how many small businesses I've gone into, and they've got a list of 1,500 customers that they haven't contacted in two years. Um, so what role does just simple follow-up play in, in loyalty? Chapter 7 and Huddle 7, so each of the chapters has a huddle at the end, is all about following up to strengthen the relationship. And that's what responsible organizations do, and certainly ones that want to earn loyalty. One of the reasons, John, I think that people avoid following up is they're afraid of hearing about problems. And, and this is not something uh, to be afraid of. In fact, this is one of our best opportunities to turn a customer who may be a detractor into a fierce promoter. And we so we talk about, for example, if you come across a problem, use the five A's in effective follow-up. And we borrow these from the Apple Store. Um, the five A's are, one, assume the other person has good intent. Assume they're not trying to rip you off. They're, they're the 99 out of 100 that are good people. Align with the person's emotions. You don't have to agree with them, but at least get on the same side of the table as they are apologize with no defensiveness, ask, how can I make this thing right? And assure the person you're going to follow through and do it. And so in chapter seven in the huddle, you learn about these things, you practice. I mean, these scenarios are great. It's, it's mostly fun to be the angry customer, but then the other person uses the five A's, make the person happy. So you mentioned two concepts that I want to go a little deeper in. The one is how, making genuine human connection. I think that in some cases, you know, the online world we live in, social media we live in, I mean, in some ways we've lost that art a bit, I think, maybe just a, t a touch. Um, I mean, you can run businesses today without actually ever meeting a customer. So, you know, how do we how do we bring that back? I mean, you actually have a, a process that that you train people on. But, you know, how do we how do we maybe bring that back into the business? Well, we've. Um you're right. Many businesses that we are that we are loyal to, we, we don't talk to people. I, mean, I buy lots and lots of stuff from Amazon. I do lots of things with uh, Southwest Airlines, and um, I do it myself. I do a lot of things with my bank by myself. But it, but when there's a problem, even Amazon, I you know I had a problem you know last year, and I found the phone number I needed to talk to a human being, and I was blown away by how well they took care of it, which gave me tremendous confidence to continue to serve myself and use the wonderful app they've designed. Um, but, but this, this idea of making a human connection, you know, happens in the, the products that we design, you know, we, we, we decide, you know, when we, um, use the app for the first time, whether the designer was doing so with the principles that we talk about, do they have empathy for me? Um, are they taking responsibility for what I'm really trying to get done, which is quickly change my flight to a different day? Are they being generous with my time? Time, or are they asking for things that they should already know because of my ten-year history with them? Um, and and, and in, you know, in real life, when we're interacting with customers, um, that genuine connection is as simple as eye contact. It's smiling and it's acknowledging people. Yeah. Do do you? I know you do a lot of training, and I'm sure that organizations bring their teams, their retail staffs, to you. I mean, do you find that that um, the, 
I'm going to make all my younger listeners mad here, but do you find do you find that that's a generational thing that 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 those basic things that maybe we were taught are not not taught and expected as much um, in a younger generation? Well, we we know that you know Generation Z and, and millennials have a lot of confidence interacting online with their thumbs, and, and we through this book, one of our goals is to make sure everybody is equally comfortable face to face. And not picking on one group over another, but it certainly helps to address what, what you're describing. And, and just just the little things. I mean, you could be the third person in line, and I could be working the you know the host stand, and just with my eye contact and a smile, um, and, and an expression, I can let you know I see you. I'm so sorry you're having to wait. I'm going to take care of you. And and, and you know what? That's going to make you feel okay. You're going to be like, all right, good. The guys acknowledge me. What's as crazy is when people pretend like they can't see us, like we're invisible or something. Um, the, one other thing that you mentioned, I want to go back to because I've heard this term before, and I'd like you to kind of maybe define it a little deeper. Um, understand the real job to be done. Well, now you know the example I frequently give: a man comes into a hardware store. I'm looking for a wrench. Oh, they're right over in aisle 14. That's not taking responsibility for anything. So instead, come with me. Um, you're looking for a wrench. What are you working on? Well, I got this old fence in my backyard, and I've got to, I got to pull these rusty, you know, nuts out these bolts so I can get rid of the fence. Well, sir, do the do the nuts and bolts look like any of these? They look just like those hexagonal ones there. Ah, to grip the rusty edges of those nuts so you can pull the bolts out and get rid of your fence, you're going to need a set of back box wrenches, and, and this should do the trick. And, and so that's the real job to be done is to help the guy get rid of his fence, not to sell him a wrench. And, and so many businesses miss that opportunity to ask a question that will allow their customer who they want to be loyal to explain what job they're actually trying to do. Yeah, that's uh, that, that I'm, I'm almost laughing, you know, because particularly you go to you go to your local neighborhood ace hardware and that's the approach that you know those old guys have you know have always taken but you know today you go to the sort of the box store and and you know let's face it they're you know they're having trouble actually getting folks maybe that person's been there you know a week um and so you know how do you i mean it really it's very difficult i think to it or well i'm here I'm answering a question instead of answer, asking a question. Is in, is, does it become difficult for an organization that maybe has high turnover because of the nature of their business to kind of keep that vibe and that culture alive? Well, you're right. I mean, why should I get in my car and go to some store if I'm not going to feel any better than just buying it you know, online and having it delivered to the comforts of home? Um, so what's going to differentiate that, that, that in-store experience are, are the people. And Frontline people have notoriously high turnover. They're the least trained. They're the lowest paid. They're the least engaged, according to Gallup. And yet they're the most critical for delivering that difference between a good and a great experience, right? It's all about people and the behavior. So the first thing we've got to do is treat our people with the same principles that we're, that need to be applied to the customers. We've got to earn their fierce loyalty first. And the secret to that is to put them into a position to enrich the lives of their customers. You know, rather than tying them down with scripts and, and policies they hate, instead, you know, encourage them to say, hey, look, this is the mission. Jack Taylor at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, you know, founder of the largest car rental company, said years ago, it's real simple. When people walk out that door, they should feel like, wow, that was one of the best experiences I've ever had. 
And and so that's what we got to get more retail uh, stores to be doing with their folks. So at Franklin Covey, you do leadership or I'm sorry, uh, customer loyalty training. Um, what does that what does that look like? You know, we help organizations that want to dramatically improve their customer loyalty. And it's built off the work I did at Enterprise years ago where we measured customer service across all of our branches, and then we held people accountable for improving. And over the next 10 years, we went from delighting 67% of our customers to 80% of the customers across thousands of branches, and we reduced the variation, which is always the biggest problem in a chain, from 28 points down to less than 12 points. We tripled the sales in this 10-year period from two to $7 billion, and this story got Fred Reichelt at Bain & Company to create the Net Promoter Score. It inspired the, the creation of NPS. And so our work at Franklin Covey in the loyalty practice is to help organizations do what we did at Enterprise, measure their customer service accurately so they know who on their front line needs to get better at customer service, and then give them a training process, which we describe in the book, so that everybody does these loyalty principles more often. Visiting with Sandy Rogers, uh, author of Leading Loyalty, Cracking the Code to Customer Devotion. You want to tell people where they can find out more about the book itself and uh, certainly about your um, training practices. They can learn about the book at, at their favorite bookseller, uh, certainly at Amazon, Leading Loyalty, Cracking the Code to Customer Devotion. Um, they can go to our Franklin Covey website and learn about what we offer in the area of loyalty and certainly find me on LinkedIn. Well, Sandy, thanks for joining us. And uh, hopefully we will uh, run into you uh, someday out there on the road. John, thank you so much. 